Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Begging Boardcast, episode number 280. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out October 14th. Spooky. <laughs> and then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's time for our monthly trade and policy. This time it's one of my picks. And we're going to be talking about Lumberjanes, Volume 1 from uh, the Boombox. Boom, uh... Boom Studios, Kaboom, whatever you want to call like their various different imprints. Uh, Boombox is the kind of more their uh, kid-oriented stuff now. Hmm. So it used, yeah. yeah, it used to be called Kaboom for a little while there. Right? Yeah, and then now it's it's called Boombox. All right. Well, it was called it was called Kaboom back when you were you had your gallbladder out. So that yeah. was a while ago. Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was a little while ago, but hey, you know what? Yeah, Good things smart. come to those who wait. And sometimes we wait, and good things come to us in a box from a, a super friend of the show now. Super friend of the show. Elevated his status. Uh, Texas Wingnut on, on the lines, or Lawrence. Uh, nope. Nope. His name's Jonathan. Jonathan uh, Winchester. There it is. I don't know why I went with Lawrence. <laughs> but, uh, he sent to us, uh, to us, I mean John and I, haha, <laughs> sorry, Chris. Rura. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I get mine. Yep. Rura and Sons Brewing Company Imperial Smoked Lager. This is a 9.4% alcohol by volume, which doesn't taste like it's high alcohol at all. No, it doesn't. Uh, and it's a smoked lager. So that, um, that tastes a little hammy. A little hammy. A little hammy. It has a pig on it. It's got a. It's got a pig on it. Uh, the label and everything is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know it's a really great beer when we first talk. We we give it compliments on its art direction first. <laughs> I think that's only happened once before, and it was one beer that we actually did really like, and that was uh, the the zombie dust. No, the uh, okay. the imp- the uh, Russian the Outer Creek Russian. Oh, Russian Imperial. Stout. The Russian Imperial yeah. Stout. That's all it's called. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, I mean this is a it's a it's a smoked lager. Yeah, that's exactly what you get here. There's they're they're not blowing smoke when they're like hey, it's smoked lager. Um, it's got a little sweetness to it. I like it. It's not like my favorite thing in the world. It's definitely one of the better smoked beers that isn't like a stout that I've yeah. had. Um, and like you said, it's, it's an imperial. It's almost it's 10%. very drinkable. Yeah, it's it's not like wow that was really strong or man that had some bite. Real smooth. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's got sweetness to it. Yeah. And uh, it, you get that smoked that they're obviously mm-hmm. trying to deliver. It's like uh, getting one of those Christmas hams and then eating just the top rind of it. After, like, yeah, yeah. Bl- yeah blending it. Oh, well, that's the best part of it. <laughs> yeah, just eating that top part. Just yeah. eating that top part of the ham. Don't don't work your way into the center, you know, the, the meat of the thing. Just eat the – it tastes a little like that. It's – I wouldn't – I'm glad we're splitting this because I wouldn't want to drink the whole thing just because it it's that one note flavor yeah. that I'm like oh, I'm smoked lager. Yep. I mean it's it's delivering it it's delivering exactly what it says it is. I appreciate the gift and the thought of it more so the beer, than the beer itself. Oh uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was very great. It and, is uh, very gracious. Super fan. And uh we Super friend. He sent us some more beers that I've split and sent half of uh, to Chris, 
So well, then you. we can, uh, we'll all be able to drink those together and review them. We told Chris that we work in free beer. <laughs> I thought that was in the stipulations in the bylaws. <laughs> we we need to talk about that off mic. But Why would we do that? I don't know. It's, Why would we do that? I think it's fun to whisper right now because everybody's turning up their sound on their car radio. I oh, I I mean, oh, now have Chris talk normal and blast their ears out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's terrible. Turn, turn down your audio, guys. It's cool. Yep. Hey. Hey. So what are you drinking, Chris? Well, talking about something that's sweet and smooth, I have a beer from Funky Buddha Brewery, and this is their Sweet Potato Casserole Strong Ale. Ooh. And this is an ale brewed with sweet potatoes, vanilla, and spices. And not surprised, I really like this because it's almost like a pumpkin beer. Um, yeah, I would imagine so. It being a like a sweet potato yam beer, it definitely hits a lot of those same notes. Um, if you had told me this was like a regular like fall pumpkin seasonal, I probably would have been like, okay, you know what, I I buy that because it's got the nice sweetness on it, get a little bit of vanilla, and then the spices come in right on the back end there. Um, I really like this. I grabbed this one as kind of a craft your own six pack thing. Uh, so I only have the one bottle. I kind of wish I had another one just to have a little bit later too. Eight um, percent ABV, so. Definitely doesn't taste like it. Don't get any alcohol burn on it. But it's definitely on its way to being a big boy. Nice. No, I, I like it. Uh, no. Definitely more of a dessert beer, though. It definitely has a little bit more I, sweet on it than I, you get from other... Yeah, I would imagine with those, like, the flavors that you said that are, you know, those components with it. Damn, um, I like it. It sounds really good. Yeah, not, well, not something I drink all the time, but... Now, have you had anything from that Funky Buddha brewery before? I have. I just don't remember what it was. Okay. Um, I wish I could remember. Um, it's only, it's only, only if only wanna, if only you had an app. I know, and like I'm trying to do this without actually looking it up because I know it was something else I had after I moved down to Florida. Here, I want to say it was like a blood orange IPA or something. That or like a brown ale? Didn't you have a brown ale? Possibly, it might have had those two on the same day. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up if Paul wants to head us into the news. Oh yes, I would love to head us into the news uh, for the Week in Geek. We have some exciting news coming out of New York City or Comic Con. All right, just regular is New York City Comic Con is going on. Yes, yeah, right New York now. City Comic Con. All right, New NYCC. York City. NYCC. Uh, a lot of stuff happening there, and of course. When you pointed at me, were you just pointing at me, or were you pointing at that something was behind me? I was just pointing at you. Okay, because I thought you pointed at something behind me, and I jumped behind me, and there's nothing there, and I was like, "I'm sorry, what's this asshole doing?" I decided to just look into your right eye tonight, so you might think I'm looking over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it totally looks like you're looking over my shoulder. It's just that I really decided to focus on your right eye, just for whatever reason, it's just drawing me in. Not your left eye. Uh, your left eye is freaking me the f out. Stop looking at me with your left eye. You know what the, you're doing. the other beer I had from them was the Mormoro, which was a uh, blood orange okay. like IBA. And that's how you vamp. <laughs> <laughs> New York City Comic Con. New York City Comic Con. And it's another week, so it means another teaser trailer for Jessica Jones. Uh, this Pretty one, much. That's how it's going now. Yep, it's like one, every yeah. two or three days we get another one. Uh, this one feature, The latest one features David Tennant being creepy. Talking. Yeah. 
and being like one of those cool posters uh, that were all popular when we were graduating high school. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Darth Vader one, made up of all the scenes that Darth Vader was in in the Star Wars movies. Yeah, definitely. You know those posters, uh, right, listeners. I've enjoyed them doing this. This is a smart, I think, a smart marketing campaign on their part for those people who are interested but don't know too much. Every time I watch one of these, I go, oh, I'm really looking forward to the show. Like, I'm getting the idea of the tone of what's going to go on in there. Like, I get it. Yeah, okay. I really like David Tennant uh, playing a bad guy, I've learned, because I liked him as Barty Crouch Jr. in uh, Harry Potter, and I think I'm going to really enjoy him as the Purple Man in Jessica Jones. Yeah. He knows everything. And, well, kind of talking about New York City Comic Con, too, did you see, like, the viral marketing that they've been doing for that too Ooh, is it an like arc on the streets with the graffiti no what's what's happening with the streets and the graffiti oh it's basically just like as you're walking around the streets of new york city they have different lines that he said in that teaser trailer oh. like spray painted onto the ground in purple and then underneath it it's like hashtag jessica jones mm. okay so it's not like a puzzle that then Fans going to the convention center, uh, center can then solve and then show up for a, like a sneak peek of something. Like if they show up to the right hall and the right no, number at the right time. No, not, not everything needs to be some huge. Well, I like it if something like if they're going labyrinth to, to get through. Yes, to be like, hey, here's this teaser. We're going to put up online tomorrow. Yeah, and you got to see it first. Hashtag is, first. Just something to, to like get people to notice stuff that's going on around them. Hashtag salt. Uh, and also with some uh, Jessica Jones uh, news, um, the character that Carrie on Anne Moss from The Matrix will be playing in it is uh, the attorney Hogarth, who is the attorney that is running the Rand estate after Wendell Rand has passed away. So it's going to be a tie-in, another tie-in for Jessica Jones with Iron Fist. Oh, Iron Fist, not not the Viking. Not Hogarth, the, the terrible. No, no. Okay, I got confused there. Sorry. Different comic. Oh, different comic book universe yeah, completely. That, that, yeah, that's not even that's tied not even into Jessica Jones at that's all. That's not even Marvel. Yeah, it's not even Disney. Whoa, <laughs> you're way <laughs> off your rocker <laughs> here, buddy. Well, also on Jessica Jones related front, did you see that they put up a free issue of uh, Jessica Jones, like the Alias book on Comicsology this week? I did. I bought it because hmm. it was free. It was free. Uh, <laughs> I never read Alias when it was coming out, but this definitely seems to be kind of in line with what I knew about the comic book, but also reads as though it could take place in the Marvel TV universe. And I think it's like a smart little bit of cross-promotion there. Now, was this a reprint of the first issue, or was this a tie-in to a new series that will be starting? Uh, this is a reprint. Okay. Uh, it's written by Brian Michael Bendis, like art by Michael Gato, so it's... It's definitely one of the older ones, but it's her kind of operating as a private investigator and then hearing rumblings of, like, Daredevil in Hell's Kitchen. Hmm. So it it stands on its own from when the comic book was coming out and then also, like I said, ties right into the TV universe. Hmm. Smart. Cool. Uh, and continuing to talk about Marvel television universe, mm-hmm. uh, we have a new enemy uh, casted for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it is Madame Mask. Ooh. Hail Hydra. Um, or I'm sorry, this is going to be for Agent Carter, not oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yeah, yeah, Agent Carter. Sorry about that. Peggy. Peggy. And yeah. uh, it's uh, Wynne Everett 
will be playing Whitney Frost, a.k.a. Madam Mask. Oh, so she's going to be so old when she's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. against Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just said it was for Agent Carter. Oh, yeah, but she's hanging out back then. Madam Mask is still around in comic books and still hanging her out, out around in the modern Marvel, right? So, Well, I'll tell you this. At this point, uh, for being an Agent Carter, she ain't boning Paul. <laughs> oh. Call back to before the show yeah, when Paul said... That's more ham-fisted than this drink. She's boning. <laughs> is she boning? No, I asked the question. <laughs> I proposed to the gentleman if she boning. The gentleman told me no. And I said no, and he said he'll be the judge of that. And I showed him the picture, and he said no. <laughs> she ain't boning. <laughs> she ain't boning. <laughs> I didn't even... It's one of those things I just say. And you cracked yourself up so, <laughs> so hard about that. Because I, I said it, and I don't even know what it meant. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like a crackalackin. I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's something a lot of people have said, though, Paul. I know. I don't know what it means, though. I'm just saying. It's like that. It's just another way to say what's cracking or what's happening. Yeah. Oh, okay. Slang. Slang. Colloquialism. Yeah. Urban Dictionary is my friend. Uh, I got to use it more. And because we've become a Star Wars comic book podcast, uh, I want to announce that in 2016, we will be getting Obi-Wan and Anakin series uh, that's going to be set before the Clone Wars. And we've always talked about, we've kind of wanted to know their adventures before that, which made these two guys like brothers and... Yeah, brothers in arms and everything. Especially in that third movie where they're like... Well, no, I owe you too. Wait, no. Remember the other time at that place that was super awesome? Yeah. Oh, we don't get to see that. We We get to see you guys riding around. We get to see you guys riding around on turbo lifts. Cool. I don't know. Obi-Wan and Anakin's like a clunky name. I think they should call it like Jedi Bros. (laughs) Brotherhood of the Jedi. No, Jedi Bros. (laughs) Jedi's. Jet Bros. (laughs) Two Jedi's. Walk into a bar. Je- I think Jedi is its own plural, though. Yeah, you know, Jedi eyes. Uh, and this is going to be Jedi Bros. Written by Paul and podcast uh, favorite Charles Soule. <laughs> oh, Paul's and no, I'm, uh, you're leading. You lead the way. You're yeah. the one that told us we should be paying attention to this guy. Yeah, because uh, look, he blown up, and then uh, he boning. He, he boning. <laughs> you know he what? Boning that crackalackin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, art by uh, Marco Chuchito, who uh, we enjoyed his art last week. We talked about it on uh, Star Wars Shattered Empire. Shattered Empire. Road, Road to Force Unawakened. Star Wars Road to Force Unawakened. Shattered Empire. <laughs> and I believe that's all the news that I had. I am out. Mm. You ready for this, though? You ready? How could I ever be? <laughs> you know what was announced uh, or kind of leaked for Sony right now? That uh, the PlayStation 4 is getting something. In something real cool. Ready? Yeah. Stop looking at me with your left eye, John. Screw me out. I'm actually looking at Facebook for any more news. It's it's getting a price drop. Uh, we're dropping the price fifty dollars, and it's going to come bundled with the game. So that's like dropping it a hundred dollars right there. If you oh. planned on buying that game yeah. to begin with. Yeah, but it's Drake, so why wouldn't you? Un, you know, Uncharted. Yeah. So. Well, because all three of those games came out on the PlayStation Three. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. I don't know if it has the fourth one or not. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Let me check the Ars Technica article one more time. Uh, later on this month, they say in that uh, it's going to get a $50 price drop, and it's coming with Drake Uncharted Drake Collection. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
you're going to get that for $350. There's a limited edition Call of Duty Black Ops 3 one terabyte bundle for $430. Uh, limited edition Disney Infinity 3 Star Wars bundle for $400. And a limited edition Star Wars Battlefront bundle for $400. Or you uh, can out of the, all those, I'd probably go for the Battlefront one. And you can get the non-limited uh, edition one for 350 as well. Ooh, I might have to go up to Canada. NHL 16 bundle, Canada only. Aren't those systems regional locked, though? Uh, well, Canada luckily is in our region. Okay. Uh, I wasn't sure if it would work or not. So. There so you go. that. It's very exciting. Yeah. But probably the biggest news of the week was actually the announcement of the Ant-Man sequel titled Ant-Man and the Wasp, which will be coming out in 2018 which actually has moved up Black Panther in their schedule to February 2018 and then pushed uh, Captain Marvel back into 2019. Hmm. And this was actually also accompanied with the news that Marvel Studios has added three more movies to their uh, schedule of films. Uh, And we know Marvel doesn't like to actually announce movies. They just like to announce dates first. Uh, So the three movies will be coming out May 1st, 2020, July 10th, 2020, and November 6th, 2020. Uh, Now, are we thinking that these might be sequels? Additional sequels to be coming out, Um, you know? It's it's possible. I mean... Because by by 2020, we will have only had one Doctor Strange movie. There's no plans for an additional Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange. We would have had... um, Black Panther would have come out. Yeah, but just a year prior. Yeah, and well, also. Well, I thought no, I thought it was coming out eighteen. Uh, February twenty eighteen for oh, Black Panther. Yeah. So I think twenty twenty is still a little bit too early for that, especially if they're trying to be like pepper in more stuff mm-hmm. between then. It'd be really interested, almost like what other second stringer characters could they bring? Because all their major characters all have movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're major characters because they have movies now. You know exactly. It's. Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know. Well, that's why I said, sections. what other okay. B characters to give movies to? Well, you know, there's a big hint at the end of Guardians. Howard the Duck, we could see I a don't reboot. Think, I, if you were going to see Howard the Duck anywhere, it would probably be, like... Inside of Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. Yeah, most likely. And actually, someone was talking to Seth Green about Howard the Duck. He's, he's actually the person that voiced Howard at that little, uh, mm-hmm. like, that end credit sequence. And he was like... I can pretty much guarantee you nobody at Marvel's talking about a Howard the Duck movie <laughs> right now. Um, I don't know. I I think we might get like one sequel out of this, and then maybe two new properties or spin-off properties almost. I saw also in the news uh, what's his name? Uh, Brian Cranston has been itching. He's apparently been trying to talk up Marvel about playing a villain. Yeah, or yeah. any character. Or, yeah, any kind. He'd be good for anything, really. Like at this point, I think it's still going to be a little bit too early to focus on any of the Netflix stuff because they're still going to be coming out with the shows at that point. So I don't think we're going to be getting that. I think if anything, we might get like a Black Widow movie. Yeah, but I mean, they could spin her out. I mean, it's something people have been calling but for. But by that time, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's is she still is is Sarah jo- or oh my Scarlett God. Johansson? Scarlett Johansson still under contract to do those kind of movies? And, and also, that, I mean, that's the kind of thing. Like, we don't she? know what their contracts are like. I mean, mm-hmm. the only contracts we know are the people that have come out to actually discuss it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just a couple weeks ago, Chris Evans was like, "No, if Marvel wants me, you know, just ask me to do another one." So, 
who knows, one of these could be another Captain America movie. Maybe they came to some sort of agreement with Robert Downey Jr. to just, you know, move him into Fort Knox and they might do Iron Man 4. <laughs> uh, or I'm trying to think, like, what else? I mean, it's going to be too early for sequels to anything else at that point. Because yeah. at that point, like, we're still waiting for Thor. It's going to be too soon and for also, we don't Doctor know. Strange. Well, the th- I was sorry, I was I'm stepping on it, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes with all the other licensing that they might be trying to get back. Yeah, you know, well, you, you know we they got back Daredevil and they brought it to you know Netflix, but man, they're chomping at the bit to get everything back. You know, they got back Punisher and not doing anything with them. Yeah, but Punisher it. came with Daredevil, mm-hmm. and he's going to be kind of in the background apparently in the Netflix series. Well, he's not going to be in the background. It's you, like duh. Punisher versus Daredevil. Didn't you, see the, you saw like the one teaser picture was like the Daredevil with the skull like painted white on like pavement behind him. Oh, see, okay, so he's going to be foreground. Yeah, he's going to be like a major thing in that in uh, Daredevil and Netflix. But we there might be characters that they're just close, and they're what they're doing is they're planting their flag for the time, and if they get the because right now what so they they move a date. If they have to. But right now they're planting their flag and they're like, hey, we're going to have a release date here. This is a plan. This is, if everything goes accordingly, we'll release the movie here. We're not going to say which movie because we don't, because X, Y, and Z have to fall through first. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also just like wait to see what things do well and what movie could deserve a sequel and what new thing they're going to try to bring this around. Is Spider-Man going to be... Marvel Cinematic considered Marvel Cinematic slash Sony, and is that one of the dates? No, because that is May first going to be a Spider-Man movie back in. That could be possible though, because at that point it'd be like three years after the like new Spider-Man movie. Because I think they set a date for the new Spider-Man movie. Well, they have a date set for the new one, but it's going to be in 2017. Yeah. So at that point, if you're looking three years down the road, that's that's prime sequel timeline. Mm Mm-hmm. And is at that point, is it considered a Marvel Cinematic crossover? Hmm. I don't know. Juggling a lot of balls over there, Marvel. Yeah. Come yeah. on, Marvel, with your balls. Just trying to get that. They're trying to get that Man Thing licensing back from Legendary. Oh, they they have Man Thing. Oh, they got Man Thing back. Yeah, uh, oh. they had Man Thing back when they came out with that movie. Oh, it was, uh, Legendary just like distributed it. Oh, okay. Um, I also saw someone online said, you know, it could possibly be them finally like working for something with the Hulk. Um, like the whole thing with the Hulk is Paramount had part of the rights to it, and that's why you're only seeing Hulk appear in other movies because that's kind of how Marvel could get around it. But who knows? Maybe they came to some sort of agreement with that, and we might finally be getting like the third Hulk movie or what people seem to be like calling for like the planet hawk stuff yeah. yeah maybe fantastic four will finally be reverted back to the marvel cinematic universe yeah but i don't think they would do a uh i really don't think they would do a movie no especially if like fox is already like oh but we we're gonna work on that sequel what do you want to see I, I think anything that fox has right now yeah, you're not gonna, gonna see become like a Marvel quote unquote property. Like I think Fox is just gonna 
keep running with it because it's it's working for them. It's not like Sony where they're stumbling. <laughs> Except for you know Fantastic Four, but they're just gonna keep trying to force that square peg in, you know. Yeah. And I'm not like I don't want to be like a jerk, but like that like that all new squirrel squirrel girl. Uh-huh. Like I don't want to really. Actually, it probably would be. They'd probably do a good job making that into a movie, but it's not not, not like something like I'm clamoring for. Well, also, we're seeing in their TV last week, we saw Damage Control be announced. What if they do a romantic rom-com comic book movie? You know, they they could yeah. do they could do another genre. They can do a anything they kind of want. So, you know, we might be scratching our heads trying to think of characters that work in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They can, at this point, at that point, and. Five years from now, they can start bridging out the Marvel Cinematic Universe to have movies that aren't tied into a direct, oh, here comes the next ultimate threat to the Marvel Universe. First there was Ultron, then there was Thanos, and now it's, you know, maybe it'll just be crazy, quirky side projects. Yeah, I mean, I still want to see a Runaways movie if one of these is that. That'd be cool. Yeah. But who knows? Like, there's so many characters that they could either pull out or just spin off of something else. Like, I'm just looking forward to whenever they decide they want to announce this in addition to whatever they're going to be doing for, like, Phase 4 down the road, too. Let us know what you got through 2025, Marvel. It's cool. Yeah. 2020, man. That's a long ways out. Kanye will be president. And, uh, you know, because he's running, apparently. 2020. It's nuts. It's a crazy world we'll be living it's in. It's Kanye. He just talks. I know. I thought it would be funny to mention. <laughs> because it, I'm just saying. that eye roll for you, Paul. Yeah. I'm just saying that's how far <laughs> off it is. It's, you know, kind of, we're speculating at what three movies. That's what we do. We have a show it's, to yeah. stand and up and speculate. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it's something that's coming out next week that we can look forward to. Mm-hmm. Not like the comic books that are coming out. October 14th? Correct. Spooky. Spooky. Spooky, scary. Chris. Hey. What, what, what are you looking forward to, my friend? Um, Is it spooky and scary? It, it's not spooky and scary, but it could be considered like a wolfman book. Oh. Werewolves. If, if you are... want to try to like paint him into a corner. Uh, this uh-huh. is actually coming out from Marvel Comics, and this is Chewbacca number one. Um. I accidentally closed my browser page that had the write-up for it on it. But this is the next in the increasingly long line of Marvel spinoff books. Uh, this is part of a five-issue series focusing on uh, Chewbacca. I don't remember who's writing it or drawing it. Are they all si- – well, who's writing? You mean, like, do, do you actually get a credit for writing if you just go RAR? Of course. I mean, R- what if we finally get some thought bubbles for that? <sighs> Walking carpet. <laughs> Where is it? Okay, uh, written by Jerry Duggan, who you okay. might know from working over at Marvel on a lot of the Deadpool stuff coming out, with mm-hmm. art by Phil Noto, who's most likely known for all of his cover art work. Um, he did like the Black Widow cover more uh, more recently. Hmm. Okay, Jerry, he's kind of got a comic beat to him. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to definitely be a fun fun book. He's got a serious edge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, this he, takes place after the Battle of Yavin. Uh, Chewbacca is on his own when he crash lands his ship on an Imperial-occupied planet. Now stranded, Chewie finds himself caught in the middle trying to return to the Rebellion and helping a young, feisty girl in need. 
Um, Jerry Duggan did the um, Wayne Manor Batman run, okay. which I really liked. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't dig it, but I dug it. Yeah. Well, I yeah, dig. Yeah, his last name's Duggan. <laughs> I, I dig it. Uh, even... you, you, you dug it? Uh, but I do dig things. I'd say that term a lot. Hmm. Well, I dig the art that uh, Darwin Cook does. Yes. And luckily for this week in the segment that we're doing right now, uh, he has a new book coming out called The Twilight Children. And uh, it's being written by Love and Rockets creator, uh, our co-creator, uh, Gilbert Hernandez. So uh, it's going to be surreal. And it's going to be kind of creepy. It's going to be dealing with aliens also, Chris. So there we go. More spooky. Uh, All alien books. All aliens. Yeah. Aliens. Aliens. They're here. Kids poking orbs. Kids poking orbs with sticks. That's what it says in the uh, write-up here. on uh, Busting their eyes. And I am looking forward to the long, ongoing series, Day Men. Uh, Number eight is coming out. Um, this book has been going on for three years, if not a little longer. And uh, got the eighth issue now. Eighth issue, and um, really liking the series. Um, from issue number one, everything about this book, mm-hmm. I've stayed on with its sporadic releases. Issue seven was a little crazy when the twist was that the vampires are actually aliens. No, getting poked with sticks. Getting poked with sticks by kids. Bust, yes, busting eyes. That's. No, what's but, what's the stake? It's funny. What's, what's the stake, Chris? The stake's <laughs> yeah. through their heart. It's a it's a stick, right? It's a stick. It's a stick. Yeah, uh, works. But there was a giant twist at the end <laughs> right. of number seven. I was like, Paul read it, and I got excited for half a second. I was like, Oh no, he's just being a dick. <laughs> I'm going with the joke about these all being alien. I'm continuing the line, the, the joke. Chris didn't have aliens in his. Yes, he did. Yeah, they're all aliens. Thought he said werewolf. I wasn't listening. <laughs> oh gosh, Damon, number eight, vampires, 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 werewolves, and aliens. See, no werewolves. Well, it's Halloween time, guys. Chris, Chewbacca, kind of like a werewolf. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. Sorry. I said Chewbacca, kind of like a werewolf. He's kind of like a werewolf. Kind of. The the better no. part of that joke was like Paul talking, then you just going. Hmm? <laughs> like, I wasn't listening to you either, Paul. No, yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's, it's time for a dramatic reading, I think. Uh, maybe. And now, a dramatic reading from Figment 2, number 1, page 6, panel 6. My flying friend and I are here to... Uh, I don't believe it! That was a dramatic reading from Figment 2, number 1, page Nicely 6... Done. Panel six. Nicely done, Kurt. Nicely done, John. He's good. You sound very dapper in that. He he also acted it out. It, it was it was a full. I know you, you think it was just the voice that he was doing, but he put on the whole mannerism. Oh, I got into it. Mm-hmm. I got into it, and then he stared at me with that stupid left eye again. <laughs> well, this left eye's got a great future wife who brought us another clown shoes aged in. Bourbon barrels. Uh, two weeks ago, we did the one that was aged in 30-year-old cognac barrels, which was great. Uh, and now we are drinking Clown Shoes Crasher in the Rye. This is, get ready for it, 
in an imperial oatmeal milk stout aged in rye and bourbon barrels. And I have to say, since it's an oatmeal milk stout, that if I was an alcoholic, this would be my breath at fist every single day. And I, I think I would be okay with that, right? Like, yeah. Because it's oatmeal milk stout, it's it's basically a breakfast food. Uh, 11.5%. Yeah. And you really get that lactic, you know, milk stout kind of pop on the tongue. Mm-hmm. It gives you a big mouthfeel. If you've ever had, like, a really rich milk stout, you Left kind of... nitro. You get that kind of lactate, mm-hmm. lactic kind of mouthfeel. I, I, I can't describe it, but I, yeah, it's yeah. in my it's mouth creamy. at this moment. It's got a smoothness, a creaminess, but it's got the carbonation there, and... It just, it's so good. And it's mellow, and you get that bourbon, and it's, it's just Yeah, it's that smoky, vanilla smoke. It's, you know, if it was just robust. a, if it was just a tad sweeter, it would be like a roasted marshmallow. It's yeah. just, you take, take the outside of the roasted, take the crackling of your roasted marshmallow, and eat that, and uh, dial back in the sweetness just a tinge. And you're good. And this is the kind of smoke I like because it's it's smoky with there being a comple- complexity behind it. So you're not just drinking that smoky flavoring. Mm-hmm. And it seems more like a smoky flavoring than uh, uh, anything else when you're just getting the smoke. Chris, I'm so sorry you're not drinking this beer. But what beer are you drinking? That's okay. Uh, my next beer is from a brewery that we do enjoy as well. This is from Boulevard Brewing. And this is the Calling IPA, part of their Smokestack series. Uh, just a different IPA at 8.5%. Uh, it's a really nice, solid IPA. Uh, not a lot to say about it because it's basically what you would want out of an IPA. It doesn't really deliver too much more or do anything to kind of change your expectations. But just very nice, very drinkable. Um a big head on this one, and it's like that kind of thicker bubble that kind of just like coats the inside of your glass as it goes down. Um, mm. But uh, it's it's good. Sin- like I said, go ahead, Chris. Like I said, just not a lot to report on it. It's it's an IPA, but it's one of the good ones, and I, I would expect that from Boulevard. Um, I have another IPA from them that I think might be a little bit better, just because it's got a little bit more going on with it. Nah, not bad. Um, be on the lookout for Boulevard's um, one of their new beers called Snow and Tell mm-hmm. Oak Aged Scotch Ale. Ooh, oh, nice Scotch Ale. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, also from Arcadia, their Scotch Ale, the one burden. Uh, burden the lockup. Yeah, the lockup that we bought back in uh, March. It's ready to drink now. Yeah. It's just. Like the Scotch Ale has just matured a little bit, and it tastes, uh, you know, I for the Great Divide, their uh, Claymore Scotch Ale I really like. Yeah, uh, and it tastes like that, just with that hint of bourbon, all that, that uh, the roughness on it when we first got it is mellowed out, and I think this is a perfect time to drink it. So, expiration warning, if you're yeah. the three people I, on the show <clears throat> that actually bought it. Right. <laughs> I don't know who else is doing this, but maybe. Hey, you listeners in Michigan. Maybe maybe you listen. Uh, yeah. Also, Chris, be on the lookout for their Imperial Stout with tart cherry added to it. Wait, what brew is that from? Uh, it's from um, 
Boulevard. Boulevard? Okay. It's part so of I was going to say, I saw series. an Oma Gang, like, cherry fruit beer. Oh, that's out yet? Uh, I, I saw it here. It has, like, white label, and it's just, like, red, like... Um, I always skip over like Oma Gang section, because I'm like, oh, it's Oma Gang. I, see, like, I always I, look at it just to see what they have, because the stuff they had in that box of Belgians was pretty good. I follow I follow yeah. a lot of their stuff. And box of Belgians was Ithaca. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, that was Ithaca. Was Never mind really then. Good. Um, but I, I try to keep on track on these local things, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of mad that... We're we're right down the street from Omegang, and I we, I haven't seen it yet. But my friend in Florida cool. has it. Yeah, we're saying we're right down the street. We're it's like three hours away three, still. Yeah, it's not Founders and Chris uh, back in well, the day. Okay, uh, we're we're three hours away from it. Chris is like twenty three hours away from it. Yeah, if not yeah. more. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I understand. Yeah, we should have. I should have seen it first. That'll no, all change Monday. Have you been looking for it? I have been. I've, I've tried to keep okay. my eye out for it. Yeah. Well, it if you can't find it by uh, the time you guys come down here, I know where you can get it. Yeah. Thank you. Chris earns his Omegang, uh Seeker badge, and you did not, sir. Hey. You know, earning badges is important. And you just stumbled upon it. At- yeah, well, say, that's what we, happened a lot in Lumber Games. They just stumbled we, I was going to say, we would have to come up with like a funny name for it, like the Omegang Up what? badge. Uh-oh. Am I not on mic? You were too far off mic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Six years, Paul. Chris Chris heard me. I heard you. I I tilted my mic down, and I didn't realize it. That's okay. Because that's going to head us into our uh, monthly trading policy, which we set up at the beginning of the show, is Lumberjanes Volume 1. And this is written by Grace Ellis and Noel Stevenson, with art by Brooke Allen. And this is coming to us from Boom Studios as part of their Boom Box line. Um, a little bit more youth-oriented books. And this is the story of five girls who are basically lumberjanes, which is something like a Girl Scout or like a Boy Scout type uh, troop. And uh, just their adventures that they have while they're at camp. And it's not like your typical, like, hey, let's learn how to tie knots and get a badge. It's let's go into the woods and find yetis or go canoeing and run into a river monster. Well, I think it is supposed to be the uh, former, but these lumberjanes cause it to be the latter. Yeah, they, they run down kind of all sorts of mm-hmm. crazy adventures. Um, and this really reminded me of another boom property that we've actually read and talked to creators of on the show here, uh, Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, very much in line with that, but then it's also got like a smack of the Disney XD cartoon Gravity Falls to it. I don't know if anyone else has watched that. I actually just got into it, and I love it. Nope, nope. Don't have uh, uh, the XD. See if you can like find it streaming online somewhere, because it's one of those crazy fun cartoons, but it's not as off the wall as something like Adventure Time or so like regular show is. So is it more in vein of Phineas and Ferb? It's a little bit more in vain with Phineas and Ferb, but instead or of crazy technology, it's text. a little bit more like supernatural based. Uh, and this this series jumped onto my radar with the Eisner Awards it won this year. Yeah, like I've been hearing a lot about this, and it was one of those books that I kind of always wanted to check out, but it was, you know, a few issues in. Um, there's two trades already available. Uh, and the whole reason I picked this one is because, like I said at the beginning, or I'm sorry, the end of the last week's episode, it was my pick for trade and policy, and I wanted to do Batman Beyond. 
but that first arc hasn't wrapped up yet, so I had to find something else. And I saw that this trade was actually on sale over at Comixology. It's normally fourteen ninety nine. It was only like seven ninety nine. So I was like, all right, well, this is a good mm-hmm. jumping on point. And what's really tough about this is it's fourteen ninety nine for four issues. Yeah, four um, issues. Um, I mean, it is a like a boom book, so they do mm-hmm. put a little bit more into that. Like they're not your typical right twenty page issues. Like each one of these is probably well, well a lot. A lot the, goes. The, a lot goes on in these books. Yeah, I mean, the whole trade itself is 132 pages, with maybe like 10 pages at the end being just like uh, pinups, mm-hmm. like covers. Covers, covers. So yeah. you're looking at like 30 page issues on their own. But they also like, like the first issue, like right when you turn the cover, like at least on the digital view here, is just a full page that's completely green. Like, page one is the cover. Page two is all green. And then they have a lot of, like, you know, a whole title page. This is just Lumberjacks, the title of the series, Boombox. The next one's got the big editor page. Like, they're filling some of that space in with stuff that other people fit very small on, like, a cover page. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a direct translation of what the physical trade would be. Like, that first page that you're seeing, that green one, is, like, that slipcover page that's, like, right after the cover when you open it up. And then you've got your title page. And then you have all of your publishing information. And then you actually get into, like, the intro for the book. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's – it's a – you know, it's kind of aimed for a younger audience. But there's – it is very wordy. You know? <laughs> there's a lot of uh, – a lot of the word balloons aren't broken up, but they're actually like almost, you know, two, three, almost two, three sentences sometimes, which I'm kind of surprised about that they, they weren't broken up. It's like block of text in the word balloons. And usually when I'm reading younger things that you aimed at younger audiences, those word balloons would be broken up a little bit more. It's because, you know, it's trying to get a more fast pace, especially for the artwork here. Well, also, I think the reason but that is, feels, and I'm looking okay. at one of the like pages here where that's like a prime example of what's happening, where it's just like the big wordy balloons. There's one, two, three, four. There's five panels on that page, and you have like at least three characters in each panel. Mm-hmm. So, and like they're all saying a lot. So you can't really break those panels up into or the balloons up into multiple because then you'd have no room left. I think. Yeah, to show the characters, but I'm my main point was. Uh, to get back to the – and I think the meaningness of those word balloons add to the feel that you're getting a lot in the book because you're taking a lot more time on each panel than you would if they broke up those balloons in your eyes kind of like – it would kind of quicken the pace of your reading. Whereas when you're staring at a block – at least when I'm staring at a block of text, I kind of slow down a little bit more instead yeah. of moving – my eyes are moving from word balloon to word balloon to word balloon. Uh, I think the the way it's written, it fits with the conversations that are going on in the page okay. and the kind of one-liners. Like, I read it like I was almost watching a cartoon because that's exactly how this book feels. And yeah. I, I, I didn't even, like, it feel, felt like a lot was going on because it, a lot of stuff was going on. But the dialogue that was happening seemed quirky and fun mm-hmm. and move things along and like i absolutely love this book i was gonna buy this 
I was going to buy the second volume and keep reading, and then I was like, oh, fourteen ninety nine. You can buy all the single issues um, up until like the five most current for like a dollar ninety nine. And then they're getting four. That's that's eight dollars. It's eight dollars, but it's half the price of what the trade yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And you're getting, and all- that's basically what you're getting from this because if you break down the four issues by that eight dollars, it's two bucks an issue. Which yeah. I didn't feel burned buying this for seven ninety nine, but if I had spent fifteen for it, yeah, I probably would have come into this book a little bit more negative. Uh, yeah, I would have. Um, I probably would never have picked it up at fourteen ninety nine if I'd realized if I'd looked and saw that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Four issues. And that's what I just started doing that recently because Marvel's been doing that. They've been charging like full cover price for what you'd think is six issues right. and giving you five, four books in it. Yeah, but also with Comixology, their backlog, their, the backlog, is, you know, they reduced the price down to $1.99. Originally, if you bought these every week that it came out, it would probably be $3.99 a piece, so $4 times 4 is 16 So for $14.99, you're saving $2. You know, and I think, I think they're gearing the, the trade pricing for the physical copies at full retail price, not the digital version, which is reduced in price a week after it's released, or two weeks, or a month after it's released. It's, it's usually a little you know longer I mean? than that. Yeah. But even like, I mean, if you you're lo- saying up to five issues, so that's a full month. Yeah, but up until this point, mm-hmm. most trades that we purchase are six issues long mm-hmm. and are le- less expensive than what they're charging now. And Marvel, for the last five, maybe about five years, has been charging some of the most. Um, even more than a lot of indie wow, okay. companies. And they're now charging that exact same price and lowering the count of books in issues in those trades. And I just, I to me, it's kind of like, oof. Like, I, you're not going to get that money out of me. I'm going to wait till this goes on sale. I'm going right. to wait till I can get those issues a lot cheaper. Okay, and I I can agree with that, but I think the move, especially for Marvel, is probably because they're seeing a lot more sales, not at the traditional comic book stores, but they're seeing more sales at digital, and I have no way to know this because I don't get to see numbers or anything, but just from our our situation. And also, they probably are picking up that money from the Barnes & Nobles of the world, where their trades just sit there, and they are going to be sold at full price from Barnes & Noble, and then with the local comic book stores, they're going to be able to discount them there at the store, and that's what, and they're we're getting the full retail price because Comixology doesn't really reduce them, except for when there's they run the huge sales, and then we pick up Lumberjanes for seven ninety nine. You know, it's they're going to full charge full price, knowing that all the storefronts are going to drop the price, and hope you know those big boxes like Barnes and Noble keep them full priced. I think that's what we're seeing. I think it's gonna. If I think they're and it's up to some of the places are gouging that customer. Yeah. Because if I was well, trying to get into comic books or pick up something new, mm-hmm. and I only got like four issues and I paid almost twenty dollars, well, I probably wouldn't pick up stuff from that. Anymore. I was thinking about going to that one shop that's right down the street from me from my office on Wednesday, and then I saw oh they're the kind of shop that puts it only orders of variant copies and then bags them and then start charges you the extra ten dollars because it's a variant 
And I'm like, nope, I'm not playing this game. I'll buy it well, digitally. Uh, also, ahead, with Comixology, too, though, they have probably no overhead on this. They're not paying to ship these books out. If they have one person buy this book for 20 bucks, it's costing them the same amount that it would cost them to sell it to 100 people for 5 bucks. Right. But they run so, their sales like daily. They have daily weird sales where suddenly like this book is on seven ninety nine. So and that's and what drives the, the people that wouldn't pay fourteen ninety nine for this book on that one day would spend that seven ninety nine on day number two. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the week, well, you know what, they still made more money because that's a much more palatable price for something like this. And it drives more people to their app, hopefully, because they see a great discount on it. So, and and I would pick up the back issues for cheap. Mm-hmm. And I would, if the book continued on, I'd probably try to continue on with the series. I I love this book. I don't okay. like. I I, right, I just right. kind of got, got off on. Got, a, got, I got off on a big price thing because it's it's something I've noticed a lot recently. No, and honestly, that that's something that's important too. Because if I was to go into the shop and I heard good things about Lumberjanes, but it was four bucks for an issue, it might not be something that I would like take home off of my stack. Like it, it would be cut. That's first, a heavy yeah. price point, and I mean, you no, know, it is Boom Studios. They do like quality work. But they are indie, and they don't have any of those really big licenses that are going to kind of cut the cost on something like this. Like, yes, they do have licensed books, but it's not like they're making money from, like, Superman or Batman or Spider-Man where they get so much from licensing. And they can subsidize these books, right. But, yeah, it's we're living in a weird world now where... We, we complained about it when we first moved digital that, you know, where we're paying cover price for digital releases. And we've kind of sucked it up and got used to it. But then every once in a while we realize, wow, why are we paying this much? You know, when these, these issues come up, it is kind of like we do a double take on it. And no, and honestly, like I said before, I was going to be doing Batman Beyond, but that first arc wasn't wrapped up yet. Mm-hmm. And five issues of it have come out. And when I was looking into it, I could get the first two or three issues for, I think it was like one ninety nine each, which isn't bad. But then the last two issues, it was like three-something each. And I was like, eh, that's more than I want to spend for a book that I might not enjoy just to talk about mm-hmm. on the show that I'm not going to have the end of it even. Right. Yeah. And then when I saw that Lumberjanes was on sale for seven ninety nine, I was like, okay, well, you know what, that's... A great price for something to talk about for like an hour. Right. Yeah. And uh, talking about let's getting back to Lumberjanes. Uh, I'm gonna. Mention I this. love this. You guys book. loved it. John loves this book. I know. I, I really I, enjoyed it too. I, I, I okay. Go ahead. I, my comparison to it, um, Adventure Time at the beginning is I think probably the strongest thing you can do because it does read like a cartoon, kind of like John said, where each issue is almost like a different episode mm-hmm. that kind of continues along an overarching story, but it, they definitely stand alone. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is kind of like a Goonies kind of uh, adventure kind of stuff where these kids are going out there to check out weird stuff that's happening, but it feels more like these kids, this, this group of girls are on a roller coaster ride where these events are kind of unfolding around them because they're there. And, but they're unfolding around them because they are who they are, mm-hmm. and they're the ones 
looking for the adventure. Right, right. And They're the ones that took the time to notice that, hey, there was this weird old woman that turned into a creature, bear creature. She was a woman bear. And we went out there. But even the stuff yeah. like, all right, girls, like, you know, scout formation or whatever yeah. that formation was. And then, like, they, they've already geared up that they have a fighting yeah. formation. You know, like these. But nobody knew what it was. They weren't doing it right. Because oh. <laughs> they're all little red formation. There, yeah, there you yeah, go. Little red. Yeah, it's when they were fighting the foxes mm-hmm. with three eyes, because everything's kind of little. It's it's everything's like camp, except there's these weird tweaks. You know, it's a twist on reality. That's well, everything's got them. those three eyes and those medallion mm-hmm. things with them. Yep, even on the Boy Scout leaders, allowing yeah. their handkerchiefs. Yeah. And that was like one of those things. Like I got to the end of that fourth issue, and I was like. It's over? Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, here's going to be the reveal. Because we still haven't gotten... My big issue with this book is, all right, they're they're kind of on this roller coaster ride, and we're along with them, and they keep on choosing to get on the ride. And that's what... So at least there is some sense of agency there for these characters, that it isn't just them like being in this distress. Uh, but we're still four issues in, and we're getting closer and every issue is bringing us closer and then the fourth issue you think there's going to be a page turn where it's like oh here's the villain this is what it's leading up to and it's like nope we're just gonna gonna be back next week same back well, time. You, you have a back panel in. of the villain like yeah like teasing and i'm sure that's where you're gonna get into like that story, uh, territory over in volume number two mm-hmm. like they're they're laying the groundwork now like Basically everything else. I'm sorry, uh, is laying the groundwork. I don't know what that means. I'm setting the table. Oh, they're setting, they're setting the, table. the table. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> okay, I understand now. I understand. I didn't. I, I, I'm I, not familiar I with that other stuff on the microphone, but I did roll my eyes, Paul. <laughs> you see that? You could hear it <laughs> yeah, in the tone it. in your voice. <laughs> I could hear it. I could hear it. Um, but I'm sorry. I'm just not familiar yeah, like, with all, that other phrase. That is, with brown, that's B plot, and that's you know if this was a cartoon that's what the season finale would be like that big huge like oh we found like the secret society let's expose it or let's fight them you know uh i'm trying to think of another cartoon to kind of compare to and uh, of course i'm going to say adventure time again but Mm -hmm. when it comes to actual plots i'd say something kind of more like gargoyles i guess because that cartoon like yeah, you could watch all those episodes alone, but then by the end of the season, you're like, holy cow, how did we get to this point? Or even like Aang in uh, Airbender. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's fun. You follow this troop through an adventure that is a little surreal at some points. Um, the art fits the tone of this book so well. Um, the pan- I like the colors a lot. Oh, yeah. The panel layouts are really are really well done. The humor, like, it's almost like this book isn't for kids. Like, because the humor is kind of, like, some of the humor stuff is so kind of adulty. Really? Things. I didn't get any. Maybe like, it went but, over my head. But I don't it, get it's it. Not like, it's not, like, adulty, but it's something somebody who's experienced more. Okay. Like, even, like, when she, like, um, when their troop leader, like, thro- yeah. throws the... Uh, like the jelly beans and those guys stop to pick stuff up. Oh, like, okay. I thought that was funny, but it's like not something that is normal funny. I knew the pun police was going to come and get me eventually. 
are here to make me stop saying all those bad jokes. Um, but no, I I I think the series is is great. It's captured it's captured me. And as I was reading this, I turned over I I turned to my yeah. girlfriend and was just like, "You got to read this." I'm really we love it. Love this up to ten ninety nine. <laughs> I, 10.99 for this trade, I think, is the perfect perfect pricing if it wasn't on sale. Right. I, I agree. I think that would be a good uh, price point. Yeah. And again, this is something that you know, if I had nieces or nephews or like someone to buy this for, I'd say like ten bucks would be a good price point. <laughs> if I was going to the comic book shop every week and I saw the it on the shelf for four bucks, that's that's a lot per issue. Oh man, I got there's so many kids co- that are going to be old enough now that I can buy the hardcover of uh, the Wizard of Oz book that Scotty Young was doing for now. Because I think that's if I was going to buy one kids book for somebody, you know, for like just over the age of toddler, I think Wizard of Oz would still be the, my first go to. Oh, because yeah, I, I plan on buying all those for like my nephew because oh, yeah. they're just because just beautiful. They're beautiful. They're fun. And also, there's that other there's that other part where the kid can latch on the kid and parent that might not be comic book readers could still latch onto and be like, oh, this is a lot easier to read as a bedtime story than, you know, the actual Wizard of Oz book because there's bitches. But like, um, before, you know, maybe this book. I, I think this book is good for that own reader, like yeah. maybe eight to 12 range yeah i was gonna assign an age range to it and i think that's perfect okay i'm sorry i kind of was jumping there no and like i i just wanted to jump in and say like yeah no i totally would have probably said the exact same range Mm -hmm. younger than that like the five you know that four five and six probably i would go with wizard of oz first you know the, the the whole oz series because there was so many books of that there was return Maybe start with the first one, see if the kids, you know, the kid and parent like that. And then uh, it's kids are hard though. Like, and then there's I mean, depending on what they're into. Like, they might not be into that, but this might be more their and Mouse Guard. Like, I love Mouse Guard. I yeah. I I think that's a little bit more mature. Yeah, I would go like just like with the sense of danger that they have to it. I I would go in the same age range as Lumberjanes, though, just not funny. Well, I mean. Uh, Maddie, like, I was just gonna say, Land- I was gonna say, Lando, like Landon, he loved it. And how old is he when like ten? Like, that off? Yeah, ten, eleven, okay. right there. So yeah, I, you know, there's for you know, sorry, just for for those that aren't in the circle of friends, uh, someone John works with has a son who's like ten years old, and we passed off the Mouse Guard book by uh, uh, what's his name, David Peterson, to him. Very good, um, nice. and. And he like he loved it. Yeah, he was like, hey, "Do you have any more?" I'm like, "That game." And talking about comicsology sales, those were on sale recently. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of great young comic, you know, young reader comic books out there. And we, you know, we're a comic book podcast, so we often talk about, especially with John, you know, cannibals and nail biters and all this other crazy stuff. And oh, nail biter, uh, <laughs> and outcast, you know. Those are definitely geared towards adults. And, yeah. And sometimes there's like this thing like, oh, there's no way to bring comic books and, you know, comic book, new comic book readers for young people. And I think there's now a pretty good deluge of stuff that if you start a kid reading on, 
Like, he'll be old. By the time he finishes all this stuff, or she finishes all this stuff to read, they'll be 17, 16, 17, and be able to, re, you know, handle all the adult the, the, comic books. And I'd say a, a lot of stuff from Arcadia. Arcadia does a lot of stuff geared towards kids. And that's kind of why... Is, like, well, I was going to say, like, they're they're part of Boom, or Boom's that, part of them now. That's because, what I was uh, going to say. Feathers. Like, I love that book, and I would put that kind of in the same vein as this. And, uh, like, just talking about, like, the trade prices and everything, like, Paul's letting me borrow his Richard Starks, uh, Parker, The Hunter, which is a hardback edition. It's Darwin Cook. It's, art. it's like, thick paper. It's from IDW Press. It's thick paper. It's like it's an old pulp kind of novel. And it's $24, but you look at this book and you say, yeah, this is... A, a novels. No, I bought this from Don Satama Comics. Uh, sadly, that has closed. Do you think I've actually paid twenty four dollars well, for no, it? No, of course <laughs> you're regular, but you get a discount. <laughs> yeah, but even still, like twenty four dollars. I see this book for twenty four dollars, and the what the dust cover mm-hmm. is hardback, the thick cut pages, and I say twenty four dollars. Yeah, is an acceptable price for this. But we don't. You don't. We, I think we're still expecting a digital discount, and there's no such thing. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I just don't want to pay fourteen to seventeen dollars for four or five issues in a book. Okay. If it was six issues, I have no problem paying that price. Yeah, I'd say that's a good cutoff for. Okay, if that's a good page to dollar ratio. If, okay, but all the stuff that you listed, John, for the price for Parker wasn't the page count. One hundred and forty pages. Okay. From page one. Which is the start of the book with a picture on it, um, and it, I, I bought. I actually, it's no longer in. It's, it's, okay, it's 144 no, pages, right? Uh, at 30 pages per per issue, let's say, that's five issues. Okay, as we do math silently on the sh- on an audio show, it's so was, much fun. No, because I I understand your point with this. But then it's it's not so much the entertainment with that, but then also I think the quality is what he's getting to. Right, right. Yeah. And nothing against like Lumberjanes with the like wonderful creative team because like we really didn't talk about them too much. But Grace Allison, Noel Stevenson, who wrote this, and then Brooke Allen, who did the art, um, they they tell a great story. The art fits perfectly, and it's definitely engrossing. It definitely like draws you in. I, I wish, and I mean this. Know. This isn't like an Eisner Award winner, but then when you hear, okay, Darwin Cook, like that pulp to it, like it's, it's bad to say it's more mature and kind of more like a book that's going to draw you in, mm-hmm. because this could very well be that for someone else. But there's a different pedigree to it, almost. Right, right. And like Darwin took took the Richard Starks Parker mm-hmm. novel series and adapted it to. A, a comic book, right, right? So he's paying a licensing fee. So you think that cost is going to get passed down? But you know, and I mean, I, I can go to McDonald's and get a quarter pounder with cheese for four ninety nine. And here's the it thing: it comes with fries and a drink. Or I could no, go. No, it to doesn't like, come fries with a drink for four ninety nine, sir. I don't know. I'm just not. I'm just, that's throwing, eight dollars. This there. Or I can okay. go to this, like like a, a actual burger restaurant. And spend like an extra like three bucks and get a burger, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a different type of burger that's going to be a little bit yeah. more filling, and I'm going to be able to like get a little bit more depth out of it. 
So not to say like I got anything against that quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah. But it just depends on what you're hungry for. Digitally, these volumes, there's uh-huh. four volumes okay. of Darwin Cook's series here. Okay. Of Parker. Uh, the Parker. The most expensive is volume three at eleven ninety nine for hundred and forty two pages. All right. I mean that Okay, yeah. That yeah, seems yeah. fair. Everything else is nine ninety nine. This is a five year old series. Right? So it's Oh, I just lost that page. Right? It's five years now? Versus Lumberjanes, which just hit the second trade. Second trade, yeah, it just came out. So but still four I mean I know, I know. And it's tough. I, I think you know, we're I think we're looking for a little bit more of a digital discount, but it's it's still all on time. Because I don't think the comic publishers want to supply a digital discount. You know, it's but the reason to do these issues, like the reason to do trades like this, is to get people to read it and mm-hmm. then continue on with the series or to pick and up the next volume. And it goes on sale, and you buy it, and like we it just goes, did. It goes on sale for us mm-hmm. down the road. But a person who's heard great things that goes into a store that doesn't know to get it digitally or doesn't think to well, do they it do digitally. A, Comixology does do an Eisner Awards series like sale the week that the Eisners are announced. And they do they did a sale when the Eisner Award you know, nominees were out, like, oh pick up the first issue yeah, of and these. I, and I'm yeah. not just talking about comicsology, I'm talking about like that person who hears something good who's mm-hmm. trying to get into comic right. books and goes to a bookstore and pays Fourteen ninety nine, yeah, yeah, and is like, well, that was really short. Why would yeah. I do that? I'm not going to do that again. Like, well, they're not set the first time. Do they know the pricing for anything else? You know, and if they're going to a, a regular bookstore, it's you know, little caveat tour, right? Little buyer beware. Like, is it on them? You know, to get, gauge how much they're willing to pay for it and to educate themselves and listen to, I don't know, a comic book podcast <laughs> that comes out with, every week with three main topics and one that we'll talk about, like, hey, the pricing might be a little high. It's a good book. And we're, and w- I think we're doing the service right now. We're like, hey, this is a good book. Hold to the phone if you're going to pay $14.99 on it. It's short. And, th- you know we're we're there we're living in an age where we can go out and read these reviews. Yes, it's one in Eisner. Go, and then you click on another link and you read a little bit more about it. And you're like, "Okay, maybe maybe that's not worth my money." All that. Maybe it's not worth all that money, but it is definitely worth my money. So you're trying to say it's a buyer beware market. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, it's it, I, it's it sucks, but there's the resources are out there. The resources are there. We're a resource, hopefully. I know? feel bad that we talked so much about the pricing because this book is great. I really yeah. like the book. No, it, it is really good. And but you know what? I mean, the, the pricing is important. Like, it's, it's four issues long. There's stuff that happens in it. And if we talked, they fight foxes. They fight a they fight a uh, sea serpent. They fall down a well and end up in a crazy it was thing. A cave. cave. Like they go into a cave, and then they attack some uh, boys that turn into some werewolf, crazy uh, infected werewolf people, or something. And then they look for a tower. That's, it's those are the four issues. This honestly, it's as much as I I did love it. It's fun. Uh, it hit all the notes that I kind of wanted it to hit. I mean, I read it this morning before I had to go to work. 
so it basically was like a Saturday morning cartoon for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fun, but it is kind of a popcorn book. Yeah. Like you're enjoying it while you're going through it, but then at the end of it, when you look back, you're like, really, was that all I had? I can't name the five girls. No, like, do they have names? Uh, I remember like There's their the counselor's name is Jen because the person that ran the camp kept calling her like Jan or. There's Mal. Like, there's Rose, uh, Ripley, Riley. Riley. Yeah, but you think she's Ripley because she comes in kicking. Does. <laughs> um, I can't remember the other ones. But I got three out of the five. Yeah, you did. And, and the thing is, they do have their own personalities, and they're kind of laid out a little bit. But you don't get much, you know, we didn't get much time with them. I'd like to think I'm Ripley. <laughs> Riley. <laughs> you mean Riley. It's not Ripley. No, it's not. I kept it's making an aliens connection. He, he did. You know why? She comes in kicking. <laughs> she comes in kicking. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's us not to talk because we buy the books. You know, and, and we it, it is part of a review. I think it's fair to put it as we part always, of the review. I mean, we talk about that with price points with beers. We do mm-hmm. talk about issues and prices and stuff like that. And I think probably the most out of this book was it was a great book but the price pointing is big it's off yeah if we would do the same if if we loved the story but the art was a little off and it took us out of the story and everything was fine with within the book the one and it is a big it's a big thing it is you know story art price you know that's that's all important and yeah I'm going to kind of compare this to a book that I know we're going to be talking about at the end of this month for the monthly book pack, uh, Paper Girls number one by Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang. Like, that one issue was $4, but you know what? I will be there for issue number two. That's probably yeah. going to cost me another $4. It's yeah. it's another, like, emotional... It's it's another just, like, that's that's a book that has, like, a total emotional connection tie-in feel like it 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 takes you it takes you to another place that you're not just reading a comic book mm-hmm. with paper girls yeah it's not and and that's that kind of like no. that factors into the price like if i had paid two dollars for it, holy cow that book would have been such a crazy awesome value that i'd be singing it to the high heavens you know yeah it, it, when all is said and done like when that first arc is over i'll probably be like 20 30 bucks in the hole with it and if the trade comes out and it was priced at that i'd be like yeah you know what it was really good if i could get that trade for like 12 dollars, it would be amazing would you well you would buy the trade probably physical copy at that point right at, at that point being a brian cave on book probably yeah. and also but, you liking it that much yeah the one thing that i have to say with trades is i would be willing to buy a physical copy a little bit more because i especially if i knew i wanted to hand it off to somebody else yeah. You know, right now we're buying digitally so we can, you know, kind of hand it off to each other, you know. And, and, yeah. But well, literally, like we hand our, yeah. our tablet I, back. I have, I have bought physical issues of the first volume, like first two volumes, I have the physical issues for Saga. Mm-hmm. When they went on sale, I bought volume one and two digitally so I could have it when I could put those issues away and read it whenever I wanted. Uh, I've done the same thing with, um, actually I did it twice Mm -hmm. with, uh, the Hawkeye series. 
I actually accidentally bought it all on Chris's account with my card. <laughs> really? You have like all of the single issues of Hawkeye. Like you have up to like fifteen or I, I something. Need, I need to go read those on your on your digital <laughs> Thank copy. You. And then when it was on sale, mm-hmm. I rebought it because to me that was a series worth it. And plus, I don't have to log into someone else's account to yeah. to read it. There's, but there are going to be series and books that were going to double buy. I did it with Starman. Yeah. I bought all the trades, and then when the hardcovers came out, I bought the hardcovers. And some of your friends bought you some of those. Yeah. I I did that with Fables. I bought the issues every single month, and then I'd buy the trade paperbacks when they came out. I did it with multiple Green Lantern series. I would buy the issues. Mm -hmm. Then I was buying the hardcovers, too. So, yeah, it's not that that outlandish. With um, Six Gun, I have the oversized hardback... Yeah, uh, coffee table edition of that series. I think Lumberjanes is one of those series that I think I'd rather pick up physically because I think I can see myself wanting to pass this book off in a physical form to somebody to read to their kids more so than I want to have locked away on a tablet somewhere. Yeah. No, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. I would agree so, with that. So, granted, I'm going to spend probably a little bit more you know, down the line and go to one of those stupid bookstores because there's not going to be a comic book shop that I'm going to go to that's probably going to carry this book regularly. And I'm not going to become a regular enough to... <laughs> you could go to uh, Bagged and Board Amazon. Yeah, buy it off of Amazon. Yeah, I'm probably that's where I'm probably going to do. You know, go to beggedandboard.com slash Amazon and buy it there. And it's diff- like to me, it's almost different buying like Lumberjanes... And then, and this is what we've been talking about. I'd pay more money for the Scotty Young Oz series mm-hmm. and hardback. I'd pay yeah. twenty, thirty dollars yeah. for those books to give to someone or have for mm-hmm. my kids or what what have yeah. you. So I mean, it's just the difference between that. But also, those hardbacks are the entire yeah series for twenty thirty bucks. Right, right, right. Thirty mm-hmm. to twelve issues. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think there's there's a lot of promise in the series. They're just overcharging for it. Except we bought it on sale for a $7.99. Yeah, but if you don't catch the sale and yeah, you yeah. want to read it, you're going to be paying too much for it. Unless you have well, the Well, not now, because they listen to us talk about it for 20 minutes. <laughs> and if they do... We're just a snake that eats itself. We're just... We're a horse. And guess what, listener? If you go out and buy this book for fourteen ninety nine and say, wow, that was really short. I don't know if it was spent... If I should have spent fourteen ninety nine. We don't know why you're listening to us. We don't. Or, but here's the thing. If you bought it and you spent that fourteen ninety nine and you think it was totally worth it, let us know. Yeah. I'm going to go to Amazon right now and see how much it's how much it's uh, priced at uh, for the physical. Find us over on our Facebook. We'd like to see that we've gotten a couple new Facebook likes. We enjoy seeing that. Thank you for those people who liked us. Yeah, also, uh, feel free to email us over at contact at bangboardcast.com or individually at Chris John or Paul at bangboardcast.com. Uh, Chris, he spent too much on Comixology because uh, the Kindle edition... For volume one is a dollar ninety nine. Wow. Oof. Uh, I need to take all of that money and buy a Kindle. What's sad is Amazon owns Comixology. Yeah. So the Kindle edition of Lumber James Volume Two is seven ninety six. 
auto delivered. It, it's still a fourteen ninety nine at Comixology. And Lumberj in the paperback is ten seventy seven. So they bought a thing and they still just want you to read comic books on their Kindles. Well, volume three, paperback twelve thirty three, Kindle edition wire wireless a dollar ninety nine. Are you are you seeing volumes or issues? Volume. Volume 3. Because Volume 3 is not out in this series. It says, this item will be released on April 5th, 2016. So you can pre-buy it already that cheap? It's... That's so weird. Okay, one, see, I clicked... One because okay, April... Okay. I just clicked through, and now it says number 3. But it says Volume 3, available for pre-order for the paperback. So they're... Kindle edition must be wrong. Yeah. Because $1.99 per issue makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's an awesome price for it. Like, if you can do that, go do that. Yeah. Are you sure it says April 2016? Yes. I'm staring right at it. All right. Yeah. April 5th, 2016. That's kind of good. Available for $12.33 on the paperback. Get it delivered right to you. Regular price fourteen ninety nine. Amazon offering that discount. Amazon. You know what? You know how you get that discount? Bankandboard.com slash Amazon. <laughs> yeah, and it helps out uh, us. Helps support the show. And also uh, click through um, Bagdenboard slash Audible. Audible. Yeah, Bagdenboard slash Audible, right? Yep. Uh, com slash audible. And download uh, two free audiobooks on us. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you guys have a suggestion for an audiobook to uh, download? Paul, I know you do because you've been reading a lot of books. <laughs> I have books. been. Uh, I just finished up Ready Player One, uh, and you can pick that up on audible.com or, you know, com slash audible. Uh, written, read by Will Whedon. Hmm. Uh, written by Ernest Klein, but read by. I will Whedon. So if you and, want and listen to by you, yeah, and by you, and if you if you ever wanted to say shut up, Wesley, you can <laughs> write to your iPhone or listening device, and then just hit pause. So it's like you're there. <laughs> shut up, Wesley. Pause. pause, and it works. See <laughs> what? And you get that for free, listeners. <laughs> for free. There is a crazed ferret look in his eyes when he's doing that too. <laughs> for free. <laughs> Ready Player One, a lot of fun. We're just giving them away through Audible.com, which you have to sign up for. Oh, my goodness. And it's not just one book you get. It's two. Two. Two free. Two free. Two free. Two free books. So make them count. Get the longest books you can find, guys. That And uh, so you you know what? The biggest actor reading in that book. Ready Player One, Ernest Klein written. Uh, his second novel came out this summer, Armada. I just finished reading. Also very enjoyable. There's your two. Two free. Get both Ernest Klein books. Both of drenched in 80s pop culture references. You'll love it. Uh, and also check out Chris's side project, uh, Park, Parks and Rec. Uh, was the Muppet episode the last one? Uh, Muppet episode was the last one we did because Janet went on vacation uh, back to visit family in Buffalo. So we're going to work out our uh, next episode soon. Um, going into October, it's going to be a little bit more Halloween-themed with uh, episode number seven being our top five uh, favorite villains. Ooh. Yeah, and we also have an Audible thing, parksandrec.com. Ah, you can't do it on this show. You no. set me up for it. You, you scoundrel. <laughs>